Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. In this special episode brought to you by Cirrus Talent, a marketing staffing agency run by modern day marketing matchmakers, we're going to talk about the state of the union, or rather the state of the recruiting union, plus talk with our marketing staffing expert to provide an outlook on the talent market as it currently stands. Tell me, discuss this topic. I'd like to welcome Sue Keith, Corporate Vice President at Cirrus Talent. Sue, welcome to the show. Thanks, Greg. It's really nice to be back. Yeah, good to good to have you back here. Yeah, re- returning champion here. So um, for those that weren't able to catch your uh, marketing hiring outlook last quarter on the show, why don't we start with you giving a little background on yourself as well as on Cirrus Talent? Sure. Um, well, so I lead Cirrus Talent. We're a national recruiting firm in D.C., We specialize exclusively in marketing, communications, and product positions, and that's because everyone on our team spent the majority of their careers in marketing before this interesting pivot into the recruiting world. So we like to say we speak the language, and it makes us pretty good at the matchmaking. Yeah, great, great. Well, so we're here to talk about that uh, state of the recruiting union and, uh, you know, what hiring managers and marketing managers and leaders should know about the current state of hiring full-time and contract marketing talent. So let's start by getting your general assessment. Uh, you know, what is the state of the of the recruiting union at this point in time? Sure. Yeah. I think we need to look at this from two sides of the marketplace. So we've got the employer side as well as the employee side. So starting with the employer, uh, I think no one's going to be surprised to know that given the economy, hiring managers have been hesitant to pull the trigger on full-time hires and or their leadership teams have been hesitant to pull the trigger on full-time hires, and they can't get new or even backfill headcount approved. And so what this means is that marketing leaders are being asked to do the same or more with less, which can be pretty challenging. What they are able to do is hire contractors, or typically they're able to do is hire contractors because contractors come out of different budgets and headcount, typically at least, you know, usually out of your discretionary program budget. So they have some flexibility there with with at least bringing on resources. And typically, finding a contractor tends to be quicker than hiring a full-time employee. It's what we call dating versus marriage. And for those who are hiring, um, basically, there are going to be hundreds of applications for your job because so many people are out of a job. So you're going to need a lot of internal talent acquisition and recruiting resources to sort through and find those needles in a haystack. And we know they're in there because we too post jobs on LinkedIn, et cetera, and we have to plow through tons of resumes ourselves. And we do find them, you know, they're the really qualified candidates, but it does take time. From the employee side, it is still really, really tough. 
The layoffs continue. I just read a Business Week article that said that something like 200,000 tech workers were laid off in 2023 so far. So yeah, it's it's rough. Um, so you're competing with hundreds of applicants for each position. And then it's, you know, and one of the things we did recently, we're actually quite proud of this. Back in March, we introduced something called Networking Wednesdays, where the second Tuesday of every every month, we gather a group of um, typically director and above marketers who are in between business cards, as we like to say. And it just gives us safe space for people to talk, network, commiserate. And we've had some really good feedback. I'm just trying to help people give a place to kind of go because looking for a job or being in between jobs can be really isolating and, and demoralizing. One thing to note for those who do have a job or still have a job, they're not moving. So a lot of folks are hesitant, even if they're somewhat unhappy in their roles, they're hesitant to move to a new company because there's a chance it might be less stable than where they are today. And as everyone knows, the FIFO rule, first in, first out, typically is what happens with, with layoffs. So, so you might say that the great resignation is now the great stay put. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's... There's a lot in there that, that you were saying, and there's certainly my consulting world, I'm seeing a lot of hesitation to, you know, pull the trigger, so to speak, on new work and projects yeah. and hires and, and stuff too. And, you know, a lot of the other, you know, it's, it's a, unemployment is low. And yet to your point, there's been so many layoffs and there's a lot of different things going on. You know, what, what are the, maybe the macro trends that you're seeing that are contributing to all this, you know, all, all of these moving pieces here? Yeah, well, to your point, I, I've been saying I feel like it's opposite day. It's been opposite day for a couple of years now. Like Things don't make sense. To your point, unemployment is super low, but all these people have been laid off. And I think that's a, kind of a tale of two cities in this country between um, what we'll call corporate workers and, and hourly workers. And then you've got things like, you know, inflation's out of control and and interest rates are way up, but everyone's traveling and, you know, flights are oversold and it just isn't making a lot of sense. And because of this, oh, and, and, and also we've been being told by the pundits that we've been on the cliff of a recession for probably 18 months now. I think I just read a stat that said something like 100% of economists surveyed last year were 100% sure that we were going to hit a, be in a recession by now. Well, they were 100% wrong. <laughs> So people are still in limbo and you can I, you can appreciate that companies are hesitant to invest in hiring, to invest in consulting projects, um, you know, all the things they would typically be doing right now. And even in some cases, kind of using market conditions as a guise, if you will, to cut cost cut, you know, even if not necessary. And there was a lot of excess hiring that happened, you know, back in the other opposite day when there was this wave of <laughs> wave of hiring about a year ago. There were a lot of excess hiring that did occur, and, and some of this is rationalization as well. The other thing that's a little more specific to the topic of talent and hiring is return to office. So this is a really tricky issue for companies and for employees to navigate. So you've got major disconnects. There's a, a Forbes came out with an article recently that said something like 68% of Americans would prefer to be fully remote but only 16% of companies are fully remote companies. And so, and then you've got just the challenge of, okay, you've allowed some of your employees to move away, you know, or move too far to make for a reasonable commute, but now you're telling those people who are within, however you define reasonable commute, they have to spend a couple of days of their week coming in and, you know, losing an hour or two of their day to, to commuting that others are not being asked to do. So it's just super tricky. 
And then there's there's another side of the coin. Well, there's two sides of the coin, I should say. So if you're currently out of a job, we're seeing more candidates be more open to hybrid, whereas they may have told us a year ago, nope, not doing it. I only want a remote only job. I think people are just being more realistic and saying, okay, if, you know, if this job looks really good and I need a job, I'm going to be more open to come in in a couple of days a week. But then on the other side, for those who are still employed and whose companies are mandating return to office, they're now thinking about leaving and trying to see if they can find a remote only job. So it's a really interesting and I'd, I'd argue messy, messy time right now. One more interesting thing that it's a stat rebuild, but we're actually seeing it play out in real life. So that same Forbes article said something like 23% of people would take a 10% pay cut if they could work from home indefinitely. And like I said, we're really seeing this. We're working on a director of corporate marketing position right now, which is remote only, which is actually somewhat unusual these days. The searches we've been doing have been hybrid. And we are seeing candidates who are really qualified the job who are maybe making a little bit more than it's budgeted for this particular position, and they're actually willing to take that small hit in order to be able to stay remote. While we're on the topic of the talent market, I wanted to share a little bit more about our sponsor, which is a company I've worked with, referred great talent to, and a company I recommend to the marketing leaders I work with as advisor and consultant, Cirrus Talent. A lot of times when you work with a staffing company, your candidate matches can be pretty hit or miss. Cirrus Talent is different because the founders are seasoned marketers themselves, and the company is focused exclusively on placing top talent in marketing and communications positions. They already speak the language of marketing and take the time to fully understand the requirements of the positions they are filling. As one of their clients said, because of their marketing expertise, they always really listen and completely understand exactly what I'm looking for in each search. If you're looking to hire a marketer, whether you need a full-time employee or if adding headcount is challenging in today's market, an interim marketing contractor might be what you need to keep the trains running, go to www.cirrustalent.com. That's C-E-R-E-S-T-A-L-E-N-T.com or follow the link in the show notes. Now let's get back to the show. So, you know, from, from, what you're seeing and and from your assessment, how is, you know, we're over halfway through the year now, um, you know, how is 2023 stacking up to 2022? Certainly some drastic differences, some, you know, maybe trends and, and, and movements, but you know, what, what are you seeing in, in difference kind of year over year? Well, you know, when I knew you were going to ask me this question, I what popped in my head is same Netflix show, just a new season. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you know, twenty twenty two started really strong when it comes to hiring, and it was a continuation of the wave that started actually early in twenty twenty one is when we first started seeing this kind of explosion from like hunker down in twenty twenty. We don't know if the world's going to stop turning to hey, it, it's still turning, so we got to hire back up. We started to see the signs of the slowdown. The latter half of last year, one of our biggest clients put, I think we were working on three positions for them. They all got put on hold and we thought, oh, is this a sign? And it was. And we saw that continue through the first half of 2023. Sadly, my LinkedIn feed is still full of people who've been laid off and are you know, out there networking. And we, I would say at least once a day, someone we know refers a, a trusted colleague to us who's looking for a new job. But we are starting to see, and I'm really hesitant to say this, but we are starting to see what we think might be an uptick in things. You know, we're seeing more people on LinkedIn announce 
that they've started a new job. And we're just seeing a little bit more movement in the market with clients coming to us. I don't think we're ready to say, you know, we've bought them now and we're, we're now taking the turn. That still remains to be seen, but I definitely think there are glimpses of hope. Yeah. Well, that's, that's good. Um, I'll, I'll take yeah, hope. It's good for all, <laughs> everyone uh, all around. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, work has to get done at some point, you know, you can only put off expenditures and hires and projects and, and stuff for so long or else they just will never get done, you know? So I think at some point, I mean, I know, I, I remember back in, you know, 2009, you know, the, the world kind of stopped there for a little bit at the end of 2008, early 2009. Mm -hmm. But towards the end of the year, at that point, I was running my, my marketing agency. And that year ended up being a huge year of growth for us. It's just the phones didn't ring for the first three or four months of the year, but then everyone right. had to get back to work. And I think things are different now. It's not quite so stark, maybe, but companies still need to, you know, they've got shareholders and stakeholders and, you know, they've, they've got to move the needle and, and they can only do so much with a small staff and uh, and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm all that to say, you know, I, I, I share some, some optimism here. So hopefully 2024 shapes up better. I'm, yeah, good to hear. I, I also think too, um, you know, staff burnout is real. If you're asking yeah. your teams, let's say you've lost a couple of people on your team and you're being asked to hit the same numbers you did last year, at some point, something's going to break or you're just going to yeah. end up not getting good work and good productivity out, out of your teams. Yeah. And when the market yeah, does definitely. pick up, they're going to be out the door. Right, right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they're waiting. They're waiting for the exits at the right time and mm -hmm. yeah, and when that happens, they're going to get snapped up because there's there's a lot of great talent out there. To that end, maybe what are those that are hiring or those that are considering hiring shortly, you know, what what what's your advice to those hiring managers that maybe they're not paying enough attention to? Yeah, so I think and this isn't this isn't a COVID or a economy answer. It's been going on for a long time, but I think it's it still holds very true. I think they're not paying enough attention to parallel experience. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're a good marketer with, let's call it strong marketing bones, you should be able to work across industries and products or services. Now, I don't, I don't want to belabor this, but I think there is a difference between someone who's done consumer marketing versus B2B marketing. Those are two different animals. But you know, requiring a certain domain experience can really limit the the eligible candidates you want to talk to. And sometimes, and I might even say often, a candidate has the experience you're looking for, but it's not explicitly written on their resume. Like those keywords aren't there. That said too, given that every marketing job that's posted these days is getting 200 plus applications, I recommend that, I recognize that it's hard for companies to do the type of digging that's required to like really thoroughly review every resume to see if the it's in there. So, I mean, that's where we come in because, you know, being all former marketers, we can read between the lines on resumes and tease out the relevant experience, even if the keywords aren't there. But you, it really needs, it takes a lot of resources to go through those resumes and find those folks. If I may, I'd also like to turn this question around and mention something that we think hiring managers are paying too much attention to. And that's what we call short stints or what, you know, more professionally said, maybe a short, short tenures at, at companies. A couple of things. We, we just had a, you know, a couple of multi-year global pandemic, which drove 
unprecedented layoffs. Then we had this crazy hiring spree. And then we're back to more rifts this year. And um, second of all, we know in a downturn, unfortunately, one of the first functions to get cut tends to be marketing. So we encourage hiring managers to pay more attention to the applicant's skill set and experience and less to the short stints. Now, we get it. We, too, are really cognizant of short tenures, and we tend to put our candidates through their paces when we ask, okay, why'd you leave here? Why'd you leave there? But if those short tenures have been mostly recent, like in the last few years, and you do see longer stints at companies prior to the pandemic, and of course, the relevant experience is there, I, I would give that candidate a chance, you know, give them a chance to give them an interview and then, you know, give them an opportunity to explain their recent job history. A lot of times the the reasons they left were absolutely out of their their control. And, you know, if you say, hey, would you have references from each of those companies you left? If you know the answer is yes. And I think you can feel pretty confident that they, they may be a pretty good candidate. Yeah. Yeah. That 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 makes a lot of sense. And uh, yeah, to your point, there's a lot of reasons why these things happen. And I would give some people credit for leaving an opportunity that is just a bad fit because they're really focused on their career growth and they can see early on that it, this this position, you know, why why wait something out for two years or whatever the acceptable, you know, resume right. length is right. just so it looks good. But yet, uh, you know, as we all know and everybody listening knows, a lot changes in the marketing world in 18 months, right? And so you could be missing out on huge opportunities for your career by just simply staying to check a box and say, okay, well, my resume looks slightly better now and and stuff like that. So, you know, to your, I think to your other point, if, if it seems like it's a systemic problem, so for lack of a better term of like someone constantly hopping from place to place with, you know, with, without a good reason, then that may be a sign of something else. But yeah, I, I think there's, I think there's, there's often some good reasons. And some of it is actually someone being diligent about career growth, right? Right, right. And there are, I mean, I lived through something like this, where it just, you know, you, it's just a bad environment. And yeah. you can stay and be, you know, just kind of have it chip away at your psyche for a while and just really kind of do some damage. Or you could take action and, you know, kind of advocate for yourself and get out of that situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's not something you're going to put on your resume either, right. but it, it is, it's, it's real and it, it, it makes a big difference. Absolutely. I would say though, if you are someone who has been in that situation where, you know, not of your own control, your last couple of jobs have been relatively short, be ready, or I, I should say, expect to be asked and make sure your answers are solid. Um, and of course, I think we all know you can't be bashing your former employer or former boss. So you have to tread carefully, but don't be, so I, sometimes I'll ask candidates about it and they seemed a little taken aback. And I, I, I think everybody should be ready with your answers. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good point. So before we wrap up here, let's switch gears a little as, as we've done in the past, you know, one of the benefits of, of bringing you and, and the Cirrus talent team onto the show is to benefit from that vantage point. And, you know, we've talked a little bit about micro trends, macro trends as well, but, um, you know, so let, let's talk a little bit about, you know, outlooks ahead and I'll dive in a little, a little more into that. So, you know, being past the first half of 2023, 
a lot of people, a lot of organizations are already working on their 2024 plan. So, you know, we've kind of talked about how this year is shaping up, but what should marketing leaders be looking out for? You know, how should they be thinking about their end of year budgeting and, and planning for next year? Right. So I think, I mean, we, we've talked about the glimmers of hope um, that we're seeing things maybe turn around. Uh, but I think, you know, at least through the rest of this year, I think, you know, it's going to be challenging to get to head, get head count. And, you know, and, and the employer's market, if you do have head count, the employer's market is going to continue for some time, which I hope not too many people take too, too much advantage of knowing that, you know, the employer has all the leverage or the hiring company has all the leverage, but it is a somewhat of reality right now. But that said, one, given how deep the cuts have been this year, we're actually optimistic that 2024 budgets may open up a bit. We talked, you, you touched on this a little while ago that, you know, there's been so many things put on hold, hiring, investment, that at some point it's got to loosen up. And we think that 2024, hopefully, I know we're going to be, most people will be doing their budgets at the tail end of this year. So hopefully that thinking will start that we really have to start investing again to grow. And then this is kind of a, a random comment, and I'm, I, I can't believe I'm bringing up AI, but I'm bringing up AI. As a marketing leader, be prepared to be asked by your leadership, if you haven't already been, how they can use AI to cut costs or and or be more productive. So we whether replace headcount or cut costs in some other way. So that could be employees or maybe outside resources or views, outside writers, content folks. So... The answer may not be, yes, we're going to use AI tools to cut. It may be, hey, we've looked into this and this is what we can do with it and this is what it can't do for us. But a lot of the CMOs we're talking to are already leveraging these tools to put out more content faster. And in some cases, you know, they're re rethinking their human content writing needs. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this time next year, um, if we do this show, <laughs> Again, you know, I, I think we're going to have a different perspective. on. I mean, you bring up a great point and, um, you know, talking about AI feels obligatory on every right. podcast that I do these days, but it's not that it's not real. You know, I think there's definitely overhype and in some ways and, and, and so on and so forth. But I think that we're going to look back on this year and to your point, we're going to see that, yes, uh, some hires were not hired and never hired because there were ways to improve, you know, efficiency and, and automate some parts of role. I don't think entire roles in marketing are going to get replaced by AI, but I do think parts of roles are, are going to get replaced. And so I think it's, I think we're, it's so new and we're so we're in, we're in it right now. It's hard to kind of see the, the forest for the trees at right, the moment, exactly. but I do think we're going to be able to look back and see this was a year where things started to change. And, you know, it's, I, I, I like that your, you know, your advice to leaders, because they've got to think about it. I mean, some companies have straight out come out, you know, come out and said that they're taking a, a different look at, at hiring and, and, and stuff because of AI. I think a lot more companies are going to start doing that. They may not make changes yet, but I think they're going to start doing that. So for those leaders out there, if you're looking for you know, leadership executive roles, you need to have a, at least a perspective on it, right? Agreed. Absolutely yeah. agree. And also, um, 
you know, there's a lot of talk about putting guardrails up in terms of what you're using AI. Because just because chat, you may have a great prompt, but just because chat GBT spit back an answer, it doesn't mean it's accurate. Right. And be careful too what you're putting into the engine because it might be proprietary information that's now been made public. Yeah, there's uh, there there's a lot of developments in that area. You know, I, I literally just read something yesterday about ChatGPT in some cases getting less accurate over time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sure by the time this episode airs, even they'll have worked something out or, or whatever. But, you know, it, it all, all, all to say, yeah, I mean, employers need, they need those guardrails, they need guidelines, and, and there needs to be transparency on when people are using it. And it, by that token, acceptance when it's being used, as long as it's being used under the right, you know, circumstances. Yeah, assuming that when we do this next year, we're not two avatars talking to each other. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just sample each other's voices and let ChatGPT right. do the podcast. I'll I'll be in the Bahamas or whatever. But yeah, uh, <laughs> so uh, along those lines, you know, we talked a little bit about from from the employer perspective. You know, what what should marketing candidates be looking out for in the in the months and you know months ahead? Uh, the, I mentioned this one last time we spoke, but I think it's, it's bears worth repeating. Um, and this isn't current market, current economy or pandemic related. It's something we've been seeing since we started doing this business, running this business about 10 years ago. We call job descriptions often or the kitchen sink. So, um, you know, they, they've been kind of cut and pasted, that's a verb, uh, together from a variety of sources. And you end up with a job description that's really long. It's and it starts to repeat itself and there's sometimes competing responsibilities. So maybe, maybe AI is going to fix this. But um, I think during the interview, just make sure to ask some really pointed questions about the priorities of the job and the, you know, the skill sets or the experience that are most important to the hiring manager. If it's a new position, um, say, you know, why now? Like why, why, what pain was there enough so you were able to say, okay, it's time to hire for this position. And if it's a backfill and let's say it's been open for a little while, you want to ask the same question, like what hasn't been getting done since this position hasn't been filled? And that'll give you a real sense of what the hiring manager's key priorities for the role is, which means that's what your first you know, X number of months are going to be focused on versus all the other stuff that was in the job description. Um, so with some questions, make sure you really suss out the true responsibilities of the job to one, make sure you can do it and two, something you want to do. And then um, the... Other thing, and I, again, I mentioned this last year, or excuse me, last episode as well, salary expectations. So salaries and titles went crazy in 2021. And there are a lot of people ended up making more money and, and higher titles and maybe their experience may have warranted and we'll call them more normal times. So if you're in between jobs, or even if you're not, but you're looking for a new job, be, be realistic. Understand that salaries are not going up. There, there is some pressure down on them. This is not a time to try to get a $30,000 raise. It's unlikely to happen. So make sure you know what your range is and really what your floor, your minimum base salary is. Be really thoughtful about that before you go into an interview. And as I mentioned earlier, if the job is fully remote, and that's really important to you, you know, we're seeing people who are open to taking a bit of a cut because they're excited about the job and it, it allows them to continue to be remote. That said, you should always ask for what you think is fair for the job and commensurate with your experience, but just know that it's just not, it's unlikely it's going to be a big bump. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. 
Well, Sue, thanks so much for joining. Um, you've given a lot of great advice here. Um, if there was one parting thought here for uh, marketing leaders in the process of hiring, what, what would you say for a piece of advice for them in the months ahead? I'd say be ready for a lot of resumes. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, I say that somewhat facetiously, but really your, your talent acquisition teams are likely, they probably are, I was going to be say, go, going to be overwhelmed, but they likely are overwhelmed if, if they're, if the company is hiring. And, and like I said, it may be really difficult to find the, you know, the gems that are in there, but they're buried in the pile because there's so many, because of the volume of applications and, you know, the person reviewing resumes may not have a marketing background, so they may not be really familiar with what they're, they're looking for. And I know it seems like candidates should be really easy to find since there are so many people are on the market, but we are finding the opposite because because there are so many resumes to sift through. So we've talked to we've talked to a lot of marketers who are in between jobs who have had several jobs that they've seen and they've applied for that they said you know and I I think it's legit they feel like I was truly a good fit for the job at least according to that job description, but they never heard anything because they were just their resume was overlooked because of the sheer volume of applications. So be ready for the. Be ready for the onslaught. Got it. Yeah. Well, again, I'd like to thank Sue Keith, Corporate Vice President at Cirrus Talent, a marketing staffing agency run by modern day marketing matchmakers for joining the show. You can learn more about Sue and Cirrus Talent by following the links in the show notes. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkilstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.